0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the study of broadcast. This is Chris Carlton. In this episode, we've got Drexel University's Nicole Kalizzi, who's studying abroad in Belgium. She's got a unique way of going about her language learning, learning, and she's going to talk about why she chose Brussels. It's kind of, she's weaving in between three different languages, and it's really interesting. We also find out what Nicole's biggest regret was about studying abroad, and, well, other than that, how she's having the time of her life. She gets some good recommendations as far as other blogs to check out, uh, how she's explored the rest of Europe. This one's a great interview if you're thinking about Europe or interested in language learning or just studying abroad in general. All right, without further ado, we'll turn it over to Nicole. Thanks. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that. Find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Study A Broadcast. This is Chris Carlton here with Nicole Kalitzy, who is visiting us from Europe, actually. And where where in Europe are you, Nicole?
1: Uh, I'm currently in Brussels, Belgium.
0: Brussels, Belgium. I just wanted to <laughs> have you say it. Nicole <laughs> Nicole goes to Drexel University, you make all us jealous. Uh, mm-hmm. to Drexel University and she was kind enough to visit us from Brussels. I've, it's kind of funny, when I was a little kid, I've actually been to Brussels before. Oh really? Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't remember it. I was like five years old at the time, still. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was fun. And uh, so tell me a little bit about it. Why did, why did you pick Brussels? Um, so I
1: have been speaking French essentially since I was four years old. Um, I've been doing immersion uh, from preschool up until the end of middle school and then just kind of doing regular French um, high school through college, and I'm currently a French minor. So I wanted to go somewhere where I could practice my French, um, but I was a little bit self-conscious about going to France and being thrown into complete immersion. So Brussels gives me a chance to practice my French, but because there's the mixture of people who speak French and Dutch, there's also a lot of English to kind of bridge the gap between the two languages that are present here. Oh, so I thought it would be like, yeah, like an easy first like step into kind of like a total immersion experience without it being too intense
0: and and is it working out so far is it like is it coming to fruition your language learn is that right is it helping you and is there enough English and is there enough French
1: yeah absolutely I um, when I first got here I was a little bit more self-conscious about my French because I had really never been somewhere where I was exposed to people who only spoke French um, But I have to travel into the Dutch speaking area about three times a week. And over there, they like a lot of people actually don't even speak English. They either speak um, French or Dutch. So I'm forced to speak French because I can't speak Dutch. And it has helped a lot um, with kind of improving my language skills, being able to hear people who are native speakers and like pick up like lingo or just kind of turns of phrases that they use that i didn't know um and then also having people who can correct me when i um speak because i my french i would say is pretty good but my grammar is terrible so it's nice to have somebody who can let me know when i'm saying something that's incorrect and i think confidence has gotten a lot better in my french as well
0: okay well that yeah that's good thank you for thanks for answering that yeah uh yeah language learners are always the best. I don't know, they're pretty, they come to the site a lot, so it's it's obviously a big reason why people go and study abroad. Yeah. And uh, so can you tell me a little bit about, before you left, um, what program did you pick? Tell me about your living arrangement that you picked, Mm -hmm. so who you're living with, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah.
1: Sure thing. Um, So the program that I specifically picked is called um, the EPA program, and it's uh, European Programs Abroad, um, I believe is what that acronym stands for, Um, and they essentially match you with internships that are related to the EU, so you can either work um, in the straight-up EU for a member of parliament, or you can work for a kind of, like, Um, association or organization that is affiliated with the European Commission, and that's what I got. I'm working currently for um, a European network of cultural centers right now because it kind of relates to what I want to do in the future, which is, you know, promoting um, diplomacy through kind of cultural means rather than the traditional, like, politicians going to a country um, and talking to other politicians. Like, I'd rather um, do stuff that requires me working with people and with like the culture of the country um and so i was really interested in coming on this program because um, it would allow me to kind of get like wet my feet in that kind of field and then also come to brussels practice my french and all of that um and I believe in the beginning that we did have an option for a homestay, but by the time I was kind of in the phase of application where I could pick where I wanted to live, they removed the option, I guess, because there was just so little interest from other people. Um, So currently I am living in student apartments, which has been interesting because it's been a little bit since I have lived in a student apartment because I'm a little further on in my college experience, but it's been I think a lot nicer than being back home living in my own apartment. I honestly felt kind of isolated from campus. So being back in this kind of setting has been really refreshing, and especially in another country where a lot of um, Erasmus students are here from Spain, actually. So there's a lot of Spanish kids in my building. There are people from India, from China, like all over the world. So it's been really cool and interesting.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that because cause English is – English is English and you hear mm-hmm. about p- other people learning languages, but are these, are these Spanish speaking kids trying to learn French too? Is that, is that what they're doing or some of them? Yes. Yeah, some of them actually are. Um, yes, I actually, you never think of it like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's really interesting how many languages people here know. Yeah. Um, cause I, I am actually like not that many people on this program, um, can actually speak French. Um, me and one other person are in advanced level French classes at our college. Everybody else, um, is either beginner or just doesn't know any French cause there's no language requirement. Okay. Um, so it's like really a massive change going from like my American friends who really don't know that much French to like the Spanish kids who literally speak English, Spanish, French, like some people speak Portuguese even. Uh, it's
0: really cool. That's so insane. I wish they did that. In, in America, like, I seriously yeah. wish, I mean, I wish you could have the option to just learn all those languages and say, exactly. like, no, no to some classes, yeah. uh, but, okay, moving on, and did you, um, did you apply to any scholarships or grants before you left? Um.
1: So, I had originally started the research process for finding grants, and I found Gilman and all these other great ones, there was one that was, like, specifically from the French, like, the French embassy in Philadelphia. Um, And uh, in the end, I ended up chickening out because I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get any of these scholarships, which I strongly encourage everybody to apply to anything that you think you're remotely qualified for getting. Because in the end, Like the reason why I didn't apply for Gilman, I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'll get a Pell Grant next year because you need a Pell Grant to qualify. And in the end, I did end up getting a Pell Grant. So it was just I gave up this opportunity for funding because I thought I wouldn't get it. But in the end, the worst that they can say to you is no. So why not just apply? That's one of my major regrets of my application process. Um, But something I'll keep in mind for my next foray into study abroad is to just if you find anything you think that you might qualify for it in any shape or form just go for it
0: right no yeah right on I have so I've got two questions first mm-hmm. did you, I forget did you say are you just doing a straight-up internship over there are you taking classes at all I am taking classes actually okay yeah okay so wait so tell me about the classes then how are the classes different from Drexel or the United States how are they sim- how are they similar are they easier are they harder tell me about the classes there
1: so I decided to take um, one class that was on um, security migration in Europe because I, I know a little bit about the topic and I thought it would be interesting to learn about it since I would be in the place where it's affecting the people and hear their perspectives on it. Um, I would say course-wise, it doesn't feel um, extremely dissimilar from my political science classes that I take back home, um, I think just because political science has a general format of like, it's very reading intensive, you have essays, and stuff like that. So those things kind of don't change. But I would definitely say that the climate of the classroom is a lot different in Europe. There is a I feel like a lot more free dialogue in the class and people I feel like speak um, at least I can say this from the perspective of someone who goes to Drexel who's here. um, I feel like people in the classroom speak to the professors very candidly, Mm -hmm. which I enjoy because it promotes a lot of really interesting conversations. So there's not really a fear of like, Oh, like you're my professor. You're on a different level than I am. So I have to like kind of censor my thoughts or um, like, Speak a little bit more softly. People are very open with their ideas. If they like don't agree necessarily with something the professor says, they'll bring up and they're open to that and very receptive to people having different opinions than what they're talking about in the course. Okay. has um, okay. And really interesting to see. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, all right. So tell me about what would you? You said you just got back from fall break, right? Yes, so have you gone anywhere else in Europe so far? And if so, tell me about tell me about your trips that you've taken and any that you plan to take.,
1: Ooh, I've actually done a lot of traveling since I got here. Um i went I've been to Bruges, which is another um like city in Brussels. Um, I went to Switzerland. Um, and after that, I went to Amsterdam, and then this I went to Romania for work and this week I went to Barcelona, Madrid, and Portugal. So I've been a lot of places already, um, and I'm going to Rome in two weeks, and then my last trip of the um, study abroad will be to Paris. Um,
0: so you're, so a lot- all. You're, the, you're the first, I think you're the first person, Switzerland, is. I've, I haven't heard Switzerland yet. It's. I don't know why really? more people don't visit Switzerland, but it's okay. not usually on the list or, or the rotation that people visit.
1: Yeah, that's, that's understandable. It's a little, um, I feel like if you don't know somebody there, it might be a little bit difficult um, to navigate a bit because it's so sparse. Like they're really into preserving the natural landscape um, of the place. So there is like large stretches of just nature, but it's so pretty. I went because my, um, I have an aunt there and oh, she okay. didn't visit. Um, yeah, but that was like one of my, my first like out-of-Brussels trips, and it was really nice.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, that makes sense. And then, now you did, you're, you're interning too, right? Yes. I did. Hear, okay, tell me about your internship. What are you doing for that?
1: Um, so I have been helping them, number one, because they don't have a native English speaker, so I have been helping them with kind of tailoring their website and um, kind of proofreading and helping them format a lot of the language around the stuff they send out to their members, um, because essentially what um, ENCC does is that they are a network of other cultural networks, so like community centers, theaters, museums, they all kind of are members under ENCC, and they provide a network for people to collaborate and meet up and provide training and things like that for members of the cultural community in all the different EU countries. which is really amazing and so i help with kind of formatting publication creating membership surveys contacting people proofreading things that go on the website and newsletters and things like that so it's been really interesting
0: nice yeah i'll I'll definitely have to link that in your show notes um and then and then okay so you've traveled everywhere and now the food in brussels well, tell me yes. about it. Is, is the food different? Is it How is the food? Because you hear about different European cuisines and people, they're known for different things. And I haven't yeah. talked to anyone in Brussels yet. Is there anything special they do? Or how they eat, is it different? Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, they really, like I would say that the top things that I can find easily here are um, durums and uh, pitas which are, like, um, the Durham is the most interesting one. I never, like, you can get a pita at home, but, like, a Durham is essentially, like, imagine a tortilla kind of bread, and then they put, like, meat and vegetables and French fries in it, and they roll it up, and they serve it to you, and it's a really popular, like, late-night thing. You usually see, like, a really long line at those kind of places at, like, 2 in the morning on a Saturday night or something. Yeah. Um... They're known for fries, uh, so fries are a very big thing here, um, and then of course Belgian waffles. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Okay, that, that, yeah, I forgot about that one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's and like... they, yeah, okay,
1: yeah, and they have like a regional one that's called like moulin Frites, which is like uh, mussels and fries. I haven't had that one yet because I'm not a big fan of mussels, but that one you can also find pretty easily around here.
0: Still, all that all that stuff sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, and what um, what do you? Okay, so well, you're making me really want to go to Brussels here. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you have any? So I'm just moving on through the interview. Do you have any recommendations as far as a book that you maybe like that you want to recommend to the audience, or maybe an app, a blog, or a website?
1: Um, I would a hundred percent recommend that people go on to shut up and go. Um, it's a blog that's run by these two people who I watch on YouTube named Damon and Joe, which also recommend their YouTube channel. Oh, and yeah, they, I them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love them. They're a extremely huge reason why I came on study abroad. I was really doubting whether or not I could, or even wanted to come abroad, Um, and essentially winter break, right before my application was due, I got into their channel and their blog, and I was so inspired by how young they are and how much they travel, and, like, they travel very cheaply, so not these extravagant trips. They stay in, like, hostels, and they, like, go and see, like, local free things. I was super inspired by them, and I think that they're, like, a good starting spot for somebody who is, like, I'm not really rich, and I don't have that much travel experience, but I do want to go and see stuff there. I think they are really inspirational.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I've seen them before. They're pretty uh, animated and fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, um, but, I'll, oh, do you have a, uh, do you have a favorite quote you want to share with us?
1: Yes. Um. So my favorite quote and kind of like the quote that defined 2018 for me was life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Um, I definitely saw it on like Pinterest or something like that, but it really kind of resonated with me cause that was around the time when I was starting to look into applying for study abroad. And I wanted to make that kind of like my motto for 2018 was to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone, go out there, do study abroad, travel, see new things, um, and change, kind of change your perspective on life. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then finally, do you have what, what what if you had a friend or a little brother or sister back home and they're thinking about studying abroad and they're not really sure mm-hmm. about doing it. What would, what advice would you give them if they're on the fence about studying abroad?
1: Um I would absolutely say that they should do it. it like when I look back at all the anxieties that I had when i was signing study abroad and i looked to where i am right now just so many of those things that i was worrying about didn't ever kind of happen and i know that i would have regretted it if i did not come um and a lot of those reasons were like oh, i don't have enough money like there's all these things happening at home how i'm going to leave them yeah. um, and they really haven't been a problem like there's so many opportunities for you to be able to travel travel cheaply um, there are scholarships offered by your school by the government by even like organizations that maybe are tailored to your major there's so many options to you as a student to go out and travel and you really won't have these chances once you graduate really so I say absolutely take a, a chance and like grab a hold of all these opportunities that you have right now
0: nice no yeah that was that was good and that that's uh that's all I have is there anything else do you, do you that you want to add oh, um, can you has you, okay one of the questions was i forgot can you tell is there an epic travel story that you can tell or something funny that's happened to you so far
1: ooh an epic travel story oh oh my gosh so um uh, I don't know if the news really went out of Europe but there was like a huge strike um at the Brussels airport that just so happened to line up with the beginning of our fall break, so when I was traveling to Spain and Portugal this week. um, And so my flight got canceled about 12 hours before I was supposed to leave. Um, So, like, last minute at night, the night before, I had to go. I had to buy a new ticket to go to Barcelona, which was our first stop. But the only way to do that was to go from Brussels to Paris and then fly out. So I essentially... Uh. Yeah, so that was insane because then I had to go to the airport, catch a bus from Brussels to Lille, wait there for two hours, and then take another bus from Lille to Paris. And then I waited in Gaulle for five hours um, before I flew out of Paris at midnight and then got to Barcelona at three in the morning. So that was an extremely long day. started traveling at 9 a.m. Um, on a Friday, and I didn't get there until... 2 a.m. on a Saturday, so that was a wild day of travel, but Ugh. it was, it was really amazing actually being able to, um, technically I went to three different countries for this break, even though I didn't really see much in France, but it was still,
0: um, really kind of an interesting solo travel experience. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Uh, our yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I love hearing everything that happens and mm-hmm. like, so, so many people are, are afraid of something happening to them. And by now, if you've been listening to the podcast again and again, you know, it's kind of like a rite of passage for something to inevitably go wrong in your trip. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just like hearing what happens with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's all I have. Thank you very much for doing this. Give us an honest review of the show guys and hook up on social media all that stuff, I'm here, new interviews every day. It's like a radio show. Nicole, thank you very much for being here. When do you come back to the United States?
1: Um, I hope to be back by um, late December.
0: So like Christmas?
1: Yes, around Christmas.
0: Okay. All right, well thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, have a good day. You too. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It craps my journey and exactly what I did. Also, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right. Thanks a lot.